Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. On our podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. We share these stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine as well. Today's guest is Valerie Freeman of Impremise. And no, we are not related, although she'd be an awesome, awesome relative, I'm sure. Valerie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Susan Freeman. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to have you here. It's by chance that I came across uh, your activity on LinkedIn, and I thought, this woman is quite interesting, and she's doing amazing things. Let's have her on my podcast. And I think that was almost a year ago. I mean, that's how long it's been. So I'm so right. happy that you're here today. Why don't you tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself? All right. Um, I was uh, born in Houston, Texas, and I grew up there and I attended uh, the University of Houston. And um, after graduate school, because I thought I wanted to be a college professor uh, in the business area, um, I moved to Dallas to begin teaching in the business division at uh, one of the Dallas County Community College District Colleges, El Centro College. And I uh, really enjoyed my job uh, at first. It, it was very challenging and um, I enjoyed being part of the education community. And I had uh, I gotten married uh, in, at the end of undergraduate school, so my husband, uh, also um, wanted to be a, a community college, uh, actually administrator. So he had gone to um, one of the new colleges that was opening up in Dallas, and and then I went to El Centro. So we're moving along, and then um, one day um, the IBM salesman came to see me because we would buy office equipment from him for the school. And he had this newfangled um, equipment that he wanted to show me called a word processor. And it was an IBM uh, MTST, which was a huge thing. And he couldn't bring it to the office. I had to go to IBM to look at it. And it wouldn't do much but form letters. But um, I just thought it was the most interesting thing ever that I had seen. And so time went on and I ended up, of course, the, the equipment uh, also transformed into um, mag cards and uh, floppy disk machines and so on and there were lots of vendors at the time so I set out while I was a teacher there to learn all I could about this new emerging technology office technology called word processing and it was interesting to think back then but everyone was scared to death of technology and the women mostly of uh, secretaries that had been using regular typewriters they were rebelling against this new technology. They were scared of it, didn't want to learn it, wanted things to say the same. And I knew that was not going to happen. So I ended up writing the first curriculum and teaching the first classes in Dallas for word processing managers and word processing operators. And then I decided, because I had met so many people in the Dallas community that were in need of, of information about what to buy and how to buy it and how to train people and so on and so forth, that I decided to leave the district and start a business to train, to place in, in jobs, uh, and to consult in this new 
emerging technology. So that's how it sort of started on my path to being involved in, uh, in the emerging technology field. And once I started that business, and actually it, it, it really took off from day one because nobody else cared about it and nobody else wanted to uh, compete at that time, I didn't really know anything about starting a business, um, really pretty much nothing. <laughs> and so I had to learn along the way. I had to learn how to do payroll. I had to learn how to, how to hire people and manage people. And it, it was just a challenge every day, which was exciting, uh, very exciting for me. Um, so we go along and everything's fine. And then I realized the same thing, the very same thing is happening in the commercial art world where um, commercial artists applied their trade, did not apply their trade on a computer. They did hand illustration. They used exacto knives and all kinds of, of uh, manual things to, to get their designs done. And now there's Photoshop and CorelDRAW and all those old programs that allowed commercial artists applied their trade on a computer. Same thing was happening. A lot of the commercial artists, the older ones, were scared to death of the technology and didn't want to learn it. But again, I knew that was going to take over. So I started a company called Art Squad. And that was to train, place, and consult in this new emerging technology that was uh, part of uh, the commercial art world. So um, that went along. And then I started... Um, Bravo Tech with a partner, and Bravo Tech places programmers and developers and all of the really hardcore technologists um, in, in uh, all over, actually all over the U.S. And then um, I started a company with some other people that owned uh, independently owned staffing companies around the country. We realized that we were losing business because we weren't national, so we uh, decided to start a company, a national staffing company, and that we all would own it and contribute uh, the, the startup capital for it, but none of us wanted to really run it. So we used that startup capital to start the company and hire staff, and that company has done extremely well. Um, and so um, that has been sort of my uh, MO to, to uh, try to start a company and, and actually turn it over to uh, people that are smarter than me that can run it and where I don't have to be involved in it on a day-to-day on -day basis. So those, that's the basis of the staffing piece of my business. The other piece of the business um, that I started with some friends of mine um, where we realized that there was a gap in funding and capital for uh, women-owned businesses. So we started and this was almost 20 years ago, I guess, we were the first group to start um, a company that would invest in women-owned and women-led companies. So we gathered all our friends around us and said, this is what we want to do. Are you, are you interested? Are you in? You're going to learn how to invest in companies and hopefully make a, make a profit. And so that's what we did. We called it Texas Women Ventures. We had about 40 women investors and uh, we, we gained credibility when one of um, the people that we knew here in Dallas, he was a, a billionaire, uh, um, invested $2 million in our fund and gave us uh, really the instant credibility that we needed to go out and raise more money. So our first fund, uh, we invested and we made quite a good return on our investment. And then we had a second fund and a third fund. And now uh, we've invested all of our money. We have, I think, two portfolio companies left. And we uh, are now um, uh, an angel 
uh, a group. So now we still listen to pitches, but we decide as individuals if we want to invest in those companies. And then the latest business, uh, go ahead. Before you go on with your, I just want to say, I, I thought I knew a little bit about you. I knew very little bit about you. This is fascinating. Um, I think <laughs> that everything you've ever done, you've brought that um, teacher in you or that um, you have a, a very good way about explaining things. And I think that at being a good teacher, you have to um, have that, you know, that, that trait. And you've brought that to your, entre uh, combined with your entrepreneurial spirit to each and every um, company that you've touched, I'm just floored. I'm like, wow, I had no <laughs> well, idea she did all yeah. this. Um, you're amazing. Yeah. That's just incredible. Well, I'll tell you, what, what teaching did for me really is give me patience with people. <laughs> because, <laughs> um, if you're going to be starting a lot of businesses and, and you're involved in, I'm involved in a lot of community activities too, you really have to be empathetic and patient with people. And, and sometimes that's, that is very difficult to do. It is for me. I'll tell you the empathy I get, the patience I'm still working on. So, um, <laughs> you know, I have a little bit, I have a long way to go, to be honest with you. I think patience is my life's lesson. And I think that, um, you know, situations continue to present themselves so that I have an opportunity to learn. Um, yes. But I just love what you've done in this Texas Women Ventures. That is what, so, so I'm imagining this woman, now I know what you look like, but I've never met you in person, but I'm imagining this larger than life personality. And this is what I think of when I think about Texas women, you know, getting it done. <laughs> Y'all are the getter done gals is what I like to say. So um, that's, pretty, that's pretty incredible. So tell us more about what you're doing now. Well, I am, I'm still um, involved with the staffing companies, but I have people that run each of those uh, groups. And the latest one that I started with some friends of mine a few years ago is called Prime Women Media. And it is all content for women over the age of 50 because we um we feel like we're being ignored in the media and ignored just to, just by advertisers and so on because they still equate us to um women of another generation that maybe were locked into um certain brands and wouldn't wouldn't change and that we we didn't have much money and you know i, I was in the first generation of women who could actually start a business and grow it and, and could also be um, an executive uh, at, at a high level in a company. So women my age have a lot of money and we have time and we wanna go places and spend our money and, and travel and buy things and so on. And we feel like that has totally been lost on advertisers and, uh, and the media. So we said, well, let's do something about that. So we started primewomen.com. It started as an online magazine. And then we realized it had so much more potential than that. So we renamed it Prime Women Media. And now we're, we're really involved in doing um, uh, videos. And we did a cooking show that we're trying to sell to a, a, a network. And uh, we're doing, we've just got all sorts of things on uh, media-wise on our agenda uh, to really make something out of this business and help women over 50 because everything changes as you go through menopause and as you uh, age. 
um, things that you just don't even think about. And also there's so many new developments in um, how to take care of your skin and your hair. And there's so many new um, procedures uh, that you can do to look better that don't require complete facelift where, you know, they operate on you and, and you look like a mask, you know, there's just yeah. a, lot, a lot of new things. And, and, you know, there's also these things that we know are coming out that women over 50 that are single can, uh, if they don't continue to socialize and, and have people in their lives that they can get depressed or they can get Alzheimer's or, or whatever. There's so many new things that they're discovering that affect women over 50 and women over 60 and women over 70. So that's really our market. We want to be the place to go where people want information about uh, aging women. So I want to say something powerful about that. Um, again, I did not know all that. Um, and I try not to do too much research on my guests because I want to get to know you on the podcast, but you have just hit so many personal buttons right there. Um, first of all, I'm 53. Second of all, I have a world of experience that is often forgotten, especially where I live in Silicon Valley. So ageism is yes. alive and well here. Um, right. Thirdly, I have a very good friend uh, that I want you to meet. She does this talk on, um, and I can't, I don't want to do it a disservice because I can't remember the title, but it's about um, the women's voices being missing in the media. I would love for you to talk yes. to her. She's just so, she travels around, she does this talk. Maybe your group would want to hear what she has to say. She's yes, really right. Um, and then thirdly, my mother is one of those people that I didn't realize was suffering dementia at an early onset uh, because my father oh. died so young and mm -hmm. she ended up being alone and just staying home and getting, you know, being really seriously alone. I mean, just in every sense of the word. Um, mm. He was her life. They did everything. They were a dynamo couple. They traveled the world. Mm. They were very successful. But she sort of died with him. And she yeah. developed serious dementia early on. And now I am her caregiver. So there's oh. a lot of, um, I have taken on a lot of stress that has changed my body first of all i've gained 50 pounds but it's also changed um a lot of things in my life that i didn't expect i would be dealing with and i think your demographic there is i'm not uncommon you know like there are a lot yes. of women out there um, so i would love to learn more about prime women media and what you're doing and how i can help or contribute or promote or whatever right. we can do because that's my world i mean i've got a, mm -hmm. a circle that's huge my network expands you know coast to coast yes. across the country and mm -hmm. most of those women are, are that age so very right. fascinating stuff um well tell me how does all this work um with premise? like what is this like the the you know global name for all these different ventures or you know how does this no work? yeah no no it doesn't it is premise. um is uh, sort of the overall for the staffing companies. Gotcha. But, uh, uh, the um, Prime Women Media is a separate company. And actually, my partner in that business, Dorothy Miller Shore, runs that company on a day-to-day -day basis. And we have a staff. We have about seven people on our staff. And I contribute ideas. And I, and I write articles and, and things like that. But I don't run that company on a day-to-day -day basis. 
Um, and then, of course, with Texas Women Ventures, now that we've, we've uh, um, done the, the biggest part of, of, uh, of uh, investing, and now we're an angel group, uh, then I don't, I don't really do much there either, uh, other than listen to pitches and give my uh, advice on that and invest if I want to. So um, having uh, uh, businesses that, that you, you don't, if you're not there every day, it's not going to fall apart. It's really important. <laughs> yeah. You have to hire the right people and let them do their jobs. You know, exactly. like Steve Jobs says, hire smart people and let them do their jobs. Don't tell them what to do. Um, right. Exactly. So you're, so I, I had no idea how multifaceted you are. You're like a, a, a nice diamond, <laughs> lots of <laughs> to valor. Um, well, tell me a little bit of all these great things that you've done. What would you consider your proudest professional accomplishment? Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I've won a lot of awards and, and they're, those are always special. In fact, I'm getting one in the morning, <laughs> uh, the leadership award from the Dallas CIO organization here. And, you know, those are always special recognitions and I always appreciate those, but I guess I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that here it is 38 years later since I started the first business and I started every one of the, everything I've ever done, I've not known what I was doing. I mean, I, you know, I never had an experience in anything. And so um, I really am a testament to, you, you can do anything. If you've got the idea uh, and you're willing to work hard, you, you can figure out how to do things. And um, if you have a passion for it, like I've always had a passion for the things that I've decided to do, and so you don't have to know everything. You don't have to know anything. You can learn anything. And so um, that's my sort of message to people is that, uh, you know, you just got to take a risk. And I'm not, I am uh, uh, not uh, averse to, to the risk taking because you have to take a risk if you want any reward. I love that. I love that. So a lot of women, um, as you well know, do not muster up the courage that you have mustered up and they don't take that step as an entrepreneur, which you've done many times and they don't embrace even admitting it out loud that, you know, I went into this and expected to learn along the way. I didn't go in pretending I knew everything already. I think they're afraid to say things like that because, and, and that's one of the problems we have when we self-select. So women won't apply to a job unless they fit every single one of the requirements um, and that's a problem. We need to, we need to just lean into that and go for it and, and say, you know, it's not, have I done this, but it's, can I do this? And you have right. clearly done that. You have clearly, um, what a Shiro. I had no idea I was going to fall in love on this podcast. You're amazing. Totally. <laughs> well, um, I, I can't wait to meet you in person. Um, I often go to Texas. Uh, there is a lot. Oh. Of, yeah. So I'm actually from new Orleans. So I go down there a lot. We, we fly in from San Francisco to Houston and drive to New Orleans from there usually. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of friends in business in Dallas, in Austin, and in Houston. So I hope to meet you personally someday soon. Um, let me ask you, in all these amazing things that you've done, I'm sure other people would say, Valerie Freeman is my biggest inspiration because clearly you are. Um, but who would Valerie Freeman say is her biggest inspiration? 
or maybe well, uh, or, or. yeah in in the beginning when i first started in business there were two only two women who had ever really done anything in business in dallas and one of them was mary Kay ash you know of mary yeah. Kay cosmetics and the other one was ebby halliday who uh, owned uh, ebby halliday real estate who was the top real estate company in dallas for many years in fact ebby halliday just passed away a couple of years ago at the age of 101. Wow. So she and I, Ebby and I served on the board of the Dallas County Community College District Foundation for many years. And, and what I learned, she was so nice and so supportive. And she always wrote these little, lovely little supportive notes to me and I'm sure to others too. You know, dear Valerie, I'm I'm so glad to see that you've been elected treasurer or whatever it is, and 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 then uh, uh, something, some really nice little saying. And you know what I learned from her, and what's inspirational about her is that you can be very successful and you can be very approachable and very and very nice. And I love you don't that have you're to saying be, that. that. Yeah, you don't have to be a jerk like some some other people I've met in. <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> me, me too, sister. Let me tell you, I, this is what I do for a living. So my podcast is something I just do for a giving. But what I do for a living, I talk all about the mean girl thing and how it's got to quit and why are you insecure? Why do you treat people that way? But studies show, and this is so sad, but studies show that when you're nice and friendly and you smile, that people just label you as incompetent. Um, and then people course correct and they overshoot the mark and they become too aggressive and too bold and too abrasive. Right. And then they're seen mm -hmm. as the B word. So yes. yeah, totally. It's a tightrope that we walk and I being from the South and like you all about, you know, n being nice, never killed anybody, you know, so right. not exactly. to be, yeah. So be on the receiving end of that. You should appreciate that when someone comes into your life and, they are friendly and kind and, yes. um, you know, give them a shot, you know? So right. I love that you said that that's super nice. No one writes handwritten notes uh, supporting each other anymore. And that's I think true. That's, that's an art that <laughs> is sadly gone. Yeah. For well, sure. You know what, if you can, if you can do it in a text, if you can do it online, who cares? It's the, it's the thought that counts, you know? That is and, true. And yeah. So, so I've, I've been having to get over some of the, some of the things that that I've clung clung to in the past about yeah. communication because it is changing and and it's okay as long as you remember that uh, you know to be respectful and and to be con congratulatory to people that have done nice things for you it doesn't matter how it gets to you as long as it gets to you I love that you said that especially considering you're in the staffing business so a lot of people struggle with I had a really great meeting it was an awesome interview or they took me to lunch or should I send a handwritten note but that might take two or three days where I think the timeliness of an email might be better so that's powerful that you shared that thank you um, let me ask well, you I've gotten, I've gotten handwritten notes that I could not read because the handwriting was so bad. <laughs> I, I, could, I didn't even know who they came from that was terrible I, I just I, I, I went oh man I wish they had just sent me an email I think people have forgotten how to write because we type so much on the computer that's right. so yeah that's hilarious I have to tell you one quick funny story about that um I sent a thank you note to someone and um 
they thought that I had said thank you for the fondue pot. And they wrote me back <laughs> to say, I didn't send you a fondue pot, but I had hand-sent it and they didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that like, tells you. That exactly, tells you. <laughs> exactly. So let me ask you, um, just a little a bit of advice. Um, how can women lift other women and support each other and put aside these insecurities that make us lash out at one another? Well, you know, um, thinking about, for example, if you're a member of a group or, or you read about somebody in the paper or online or whatever, sending them a thank you note or sending them a, a congratulatory note and, and telling them uh, how much you admire what they've done or, or something like that. Also, um, supporting them by nominating them for awards. You know, there's, I, I don't know about where you are, but here in Dallas, there's got to be an award um, nomination form every week, it seems like, in yes. different areas. And so, you know, sometimes I take the time to, uh, if I think they're qualified, to say, hey, you know, you need to, uh, I, I will nominate you for this award. Now, they have to fill out the form because I don't know everything that they've done, perhaps. But nominating them for awards, asking them to come with you to to uh, programs that, that sound like something that they would be interested in, you know, helping them meet other people in the community, having a, a reception or a little get together for someone who's new to the community there or, or has gotten a promotion and a little celebration. There's lots of things that you can do for other people that that will help them um you know with their recognition and and hopefully their career yeah i love that you're saying this so um yes san francisco has an event for everything and we love an opportunity to nominate people it's really great but i'll tell you i've never seen people do it like like those texas women do it i mean y'all do <laughs> y'all do things big i love it so yeah. i wanted to say that i think that recognition is very helpful raising people's profiles which is why i do the podcast but also connecting people like you said that's really meaningful i see that you are um involved i too am a mentor on mentoring monday the san francisco business times invited me to be so we'll be out there doing that same thing the same day um in different states and i love that mm -hmm. you give up yourself that way that's a really great thing that you're doing um you have way more to offer with these just terrific uh, successes under your belt. That's just really fantastic. I would love to be the mentee at your table. Um, if, if you, you know, that would be amazing. Whomever yeah. is going to be that is a lucky person. Well, what has been maybe a challenge or setback and how did you overcome it, Valerie? Um, oh gosh. Um, you know, every uh, economic downturn is a challenge. And I remember uh, in 2008, well, actually it was, it was 2008, it was even before that. It was um, after 9-11 and when the technology uh, field was, was in the tank and um, all these people were being laid off and then 9-11 happened and that was just horrible. Um, and so many companies cut back and we had to, to lay off probably about half of our staff and uh, not, you know, it wasn't anyone's fault. It wasn't their fault. It was the economy. It was 9-11. It was all those things that were happening, starting to slow down uh, even before 9-11. And so we just hunkered down and did what we had to do to survive. 
and uh, and and I had to come to work every day with a smile on my face, trying to encourage people. Where I, really, what I wanted to do is go stick my head in the <laughs> in the sand. And you know, you just have to know that you can get through it. And you have to work really hard to do that. Another time, uh, my two biggest clients, uh, one of them went bankrupt, and the other one uh, had a changeover in in um, executives and decided that um, they should take my business and give it to somebody else. And so we lost uh, millions of dollars um, very quickly. And so again, we had to hunker down and say, well, what are we going to do about this and go after new business? And um, of course, the, the bankruptcy was the worst because we lost the money there. Yeah. And uh, the other one, we, we didn't lose any money, but we just lost the business. So we had to make up for that. And, and you just have to know that things are going to, uh, are going to be on the upswing eventually. And you just have to keep um, in mind uh, that you've got to live within your means. So you've got to do those things you don't want to do, like lay people off and cut, cut things until you can get it back on, on track. And so the, the thing about the, the recessions is that everybody just about is in the same boat. Yeah. But, what, but when they're not in the same boat is when things are the toughest because other people are doing well and you're not doing well because of a bankruptcy and a, and a business thing. And, and those are the hard ones to overcome. But, you know, you just got to uh, hopefully have some really good loyal people that understand what's happening and, and are willing to, to work with you to fix it. Well, I think that you probably, as you know, the teacher in you uh, has probably done a good job and leader. You're definitely a, an example, not of a manager, but of a leader. I mean, you're very much an example of a leader. I bet you the how you communicate your situation to people is very important. Um, how you bring yeah. them along in the journey and say, here's where we are. Here's where we want to be. Here's what we need to do to get there. Bear with us. Help us out. Let's, let's do this. Right. That's, that's powerful. So those are really, really big examples of some major, um, you know, sometimes people say I broke my leg and I couldn't go to work, but this is a big deal. These were, <laughs> these are, you know, hard hitting um, circumstances. And so the fact that you not only survived, but, you are thriving um, is really a testament to that get her done gal that I referenced earlier. Um, I just think that's a really great characteristic and trait that you have. So tell us something that people may not know about you, a surprising fact about you. Well, let's see. Um, I was in an episode of Sex in the City. Oh, that's awesome. That is and, awesome. Uh, <laughs> Actually, it was the episode, uh, since a lot of people have, have watched it, but they may not remember this, but uh, there was an episode where Carrie, yeah. uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, and um, uh, she, she, was, she had written that book. She had written a book, yeah. and she was doing a book reading and signing at a bookstore in San Francisco only it wasn't the bookstore in San Francisco it was a bookstore in New York City and so <laughs> I was an extra and I was sitting in in the audience and then when she closed the book um and and uh quit her reading then uh I clapped with the That's audience awesome that is so awesome <laughs> I was on that set all day long for this one scene and I thought oh my god this is the most boring thing I've ever done <laughs> 
exactly. I was going to ask you, um, I'm just laughing so hard. My cheeks are burning. Um, that is so great. But I, I was going to ask you that. So my husband, who's very conservative, very conservative. Um, he's from uh -huh. Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. Uh -huh. He, um, big elected official at one point in his life, you know, totally. Oh, wow. He was, a, he's no longer, but he was a Republican down there and he's very, um, you know, just very private. Now, well, we moved to Hawaii and he got asked to be an extra on Hawaii Five O, and he Ooh. and he did not want anyone to know because it's just not like him to you know. So he was a yeah. runner runner on the beach, and then a hotel guest checking in, and then another time he was a police officer. Um, there you're supposed to be a, a like a New Jersey cop, and it's so funny because he said the same thing. He said. I spent my entire day and I made like $83. Like he's like, yeah. what the hell was it? Cause he doesn't care about the, you know, he's not into the, um, you know, <laughs> the, the pomp and circumstance of it. He's quite conservative. Yeah. It was so, that's so funny that you said that after telling the story, like, and it was the most boring thing. <laughs> <ever done. laughs> that's so great. Well, Valerie, I have a really, really, really strong feeling that a lot of my listeners might want to check you out, look you up, contact you, connect on LinkedIn. How can they do that? Well, it's um, Valerie on, on LinkedIn. It's just Valerie Freeman. You can uh, uh, go to um, the internet and look up Valerie Freeman and then my LinkedIn will come up and you can just click on that and, and then uh, contact me. Um, my email is uh, vfreeman at impremise.com. Awesome. And folks, if you didn't get to write that down, I will certainly put that kind of information in the body of the blog that I write. And um, that will be coming out in about, mm, I'd say 30 minutes. We'll have this whole thing pulled together and share this with the universe in about 30 minutes. Valerie, you're so amazing. I, I'm definitely looking forward to meeting you in person. And I hope that um, we will stay in touch. I, I, I want to connect you with my friend who does the um, Yes. Where are the voices for the women in the media? So um, you would yes. love to. Yeah. Well, that and and I would love to talk to you about um, contributing to primewomen.com. I am so, all yours. I would love yeah. it. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that for sure. sure. Well, thank you so much. Um, I wish I could say cuz, but we're not related. Uh, but thank you so much. We're sisters <laughs> in bet. causes. We're sisters in causes. How about that? We are. All, all right. right. Have a good Thank day. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.